All right, let's try this. In theory, there's going to be sound because I made a, an adjustment. All right, can somebody tell me if they can hear me? Because otherwise I'll be talking for 10 minutes like I did last time. <laughs> Much better, right? So it turns out that if you're charging your phone at the same time you're doing this, you don't get sound. It would have been nice to get a warning about that. Anyway, the part you missed, except for the lip readers, I know the lip readers got it all. But the part you missed is that I'm um, at the veterinarians waiting for word of Snickers. She twisted a, a muscle, I think, and uh, she overfetched. So she, so she's at the veterinarian across the parking lot. I have to stay out here for social distancing. And if I get a call from them, I'll have to end this pretty quickly. So let's talk about Joe Biden and the unmasking. Uh, it's, so Greg Gutfeld had a uh, great observation on the five that at a time when we're all wearing masks, the big story is about unmasking. And I think, sometimes I think, that the simulation is throwing us material like, you know, uh, like Hawaii, you know, Hawaiian shirt day or something. It's like, okay, we've got a theme. It's going to be masks. And we're going to start with little Antifa masks. And then, you know, once you get used to that, not too scary, little Antifa, we're going to throw you right into the coronavirus, full mask. And then once everybody's used to masks, wait for it. We're gonna we're gonna hold an unmasking, two masks and an unmasking. It's mask clean. So, what are the odds of that? Yeah, Snickers just has. Uh, I think she twisted her her back or something. So we're gonna give her some painkillers. She should be fine. It's not the first time she's had a sports injury. She's used to it. Uh, yeah, we have a all night vet, fortunately. So what else is going on? Uh, let's talk about uh, Flynn and uh, everything going on there. So doesn't it feel like we're getting really, really close to putting somebody in jail, but it's not quite there? It feels like it just keeps getting, it's like Zeno's paradox, you know, where you, you if you have the distance from something, continuously you never get there. You're only halfway to the the distance it's like we get closer and closer and i say well surely there's an obvious crime now right but it's not so much an obvious crime as it is a bunch of more questions such as why did 39 people need to unmask michael flynn like three of them are ambassadors and you know just they, it looks like they have nothing to do with anything so that's a good question. And I guess there are some documents we haven't seen yet uh, that would describe why each of them thought they needed to see it. How much fun are we going to have should we ever see those documents where all 39 people of them, including Biden, had to explain what their legitimate national security interest was from seeing that? I mean... Isn't that going to be hilarious? I mean, they should be just ridiculous, right? Now, the cover story, if it's a cover story, is really, really good. So if you're waiting for anybody to go down based on what we've seen so far, I think you'd be disappointed. So something else would have to come out 
for anybody to actually be in trouble based on what we've seen. You know, maybe, you know, maybe Durham has something else that we haven't seen. But at the moment, they can all say, hey, we had some questions about his ties to Russia. It seemed important, so we looked into it. And that's sort of the end of it. And then you go to the other 39 people and you say, well, why did you look into it? And they would say the same thing. Well, it seemed really important. You know, it's like one of the most important things. So, you know, I looked into it. And then part of the argument is there are so many unmaskings that it's not unusual. <laughs> what? Does that make it better? I don't know if that makes it better or worse. Do you feel better? that there were, you know, fewer than, uh, I guess there were 9,000 some unmaskings uh, last year and there even more under Trump, I guess. I guess unmasking is just so routine that, you know, why do we even mask anybody? If 9,000 got unmasked, how many people, let me ask you this, how many people were under surveillance last year that 9,000 of them got unmasked? Remember, that's only the number that got unmasked, 9,000. That was the last year of the Obama administration. Apparently, Trump administration is doing it too. But isn't that a lot of surveying? That's a lot of surveillance there. So um, I think that we're getting close, but nothing there. So the, the two movies is just sort of hilarious at the moment. So I turn on... Um, I turned on CNN just to see another universe. And I swear, I don't, I'm not making this up. When I watch CNN, it's for the entertainment because it's like being on an acid trip. I turn it on, I go, really? This is the reality that, that you all have? Uh, there's a, another, uh, another example today. If you read any of the conservative press or conservative social media, the, the word is that the, the coronavirus death count is almost certainly overstated. So all the conservatives are sure that the fix is in to overstate the number of deaths by just coding everything as a coronavirus death. And that's just basically, I would say that's considered a fact on, on the political right, wouldn't you? Now, I'm not saying it's a fact. I'm saying that wouldn't you say it is considered a fact that the coronavirus deaths are certainly overcounted? On, on the political right. I think you would agree with that statement. And I turn on CNN and I'm watching Sanjay Gupta say, it's almost certainly true that the coronavirus de virus deaths are undercounted because of all the people who might've died and they were never diagnosed, maybe died at home, some other reason. Now, those two worlds cannot live together. <laughs> and one of two things is true. They're, they're over, over, uh, counted or undercounted. But it seems like everything on CNN is sort of the opposite. Almost doesn't even matter why. It's just the opposite. And so you, you go there and the, the explanation for all the unmasking is, is just normal business. It's like, yeah, we, we had a reason to look. We followed all the rules. People looked. What are you talking about? That's the procedure. These laws exist to be used exactly the way we used them. We had a concern, we used the law, followed all the rules, looked into it, end of story. Why are you bothering me? And, and if, if nothing else came out, if that was it, 
I don't think there'd be enough. But the president seems to indicate that he knows something else is coming. Christina, thank you for joining. Christina offered to drive down and be, be with me while I'm with Snickers, but I said I didn't know how long I'd be here. And I'm in, I'm just sitting in the car anyway. I'm not, it's not like I'm with a dog. So anyway, um, if the president knows there's something coming, maybe that'll be fun. But here's, here's the best part, the political part. If you watched, uh, uh, who was it? Uh, was it Rand? Yeah, Rand Paul. Uh, he basically went hard at this and just said, this is clearly using using the government to spy on your political rivals. And I thought, politically, this is just so good. <laughs> Reality-wise, I don't know. We have to wait and see. But politically, oh my God, it's so good. Because um, here's the beauty of it. It's complicated, right? That's all you need. You just need a, a re- reasonable charge, and it just needs to be complicated because then people can't sort it out, and the, the allegation sort of lives independent of any facts because nobody can really check out the facts. They get lost in the details and stuff. So it's an amazingly good reverse attack because it's exactly the same beast attack that was used on the Trump administration. They just turned it around. You know, instead of, uh, instead of saying that Trump was using the government to try to get something over on Biden, we now have proof that Biden uh, went through actual paperwork to literally spy on a member of the Trump campaign. <laughs> now, I'm not saying that that's why Biden did it, which is the whole problem, right? You don't know why they did it. All they have to do is say, yeah, we had a concern. Of course we had a concern. So we looked into it. That's all. Nothing else to it. So, um, but here's the fun part. It will require Biden to answer the charges. You know where this is going, right? There is no way in the world that Biden can answer these questions on his feet and and not just completely disintegrate. He doesn't, he's not quick enough on his feet, and it's a new topic. I think Biden probably can get by on familiar old topics he's been talking about for years. But you throw him a curveball of something that's complicated, has layers, has facts, has nuance. He's not even going to remember what he said about it the last time. And that actually, I think, happened this time. The second time he talked about it, he didn't remember what he said the first time, a minute later. So this is the perfect, uh, it's like a coronavirus designed just to kill Joe Biden. It's like you couldn't come up with a more perfect virus to introduce into the political system that is targeted to what it's like a bioengineered, a Trump engineered virus that could only take out Joe Biden. Because if you replace Joe Biden with any capable politician, they're fine. You know, do you don't think Elizabeth Warren could talk her way out of this? You know, or, or really any of the others, basically any of the other Democrat candidates. You don't think they could talk their way out of this? Easily. But Biden can't. So so the, the irony of ironies is that the president seems to have accidentally, because you know how these things happen, sometimes it's just on your shoe when you walk, when you walk away from the wet market. It looks like the president has 
accidentally released a bioengineered <laughs> or at least a uh, persuasion engineered virus designed only to take out Biden. <laughs> it wouldn't work on anybody else. All right. Um, I believe that my my guest thing is active. I'm going to take some calls and see if anybody wants to talk to me. Christina, you should come on here and talk to me. All right. Does anybody want to ask me a question? I'll take whoever uses the Wally uh, icon here. All right. Uh, you went away. I'll take the cat. I'm selecting a talking cat. Hello, are you a talk? Are you a talking cat? You're very clever. Do you have a question for me, cat? Uh, yes, yeah, so I'd just like to ask that. Um, I hope this doesn't sound personal or anything, but your enormous wealth. I believe you're worth <laughs> over sixty million dollars. You don't believe the fake news, but what's your question? Well, don't you feel a little bit more comfortable than the rest of us? that are out here just as working clowns, you know, work every day. Why, why wouldn't I? Yeah, that's, that's the whole point. So people used to ask me, um, you know, when I, when I first made a lot of money, cause I came from no money. And when I made money, people said, you know, I, I hope it doesn't change you. And I would always say, well, then what, what would be the point? That's the whole point of it. The point is to change you. It should make you more relaxed. It should make you happier with your life. It should make you kinder to other people because you don't have problems. It should make you more generous. I'm thinking, if it doesn't freaking change me, why am I doing all this work? The whole point is it's going to change me. So, yes, you're absolutely right that it puts me in a, a comfortable position. But I also feel, you know, it's the Spider-Man curse. You know, the Spider-Man curse where with great, um, <laughs> with great power comes great responsibility. And uh, I, I feel the non-superhero version of that. It's part of part of why I try to be as helpful as I can in the crisis, because you know I can't help everybody in every way. I would if I could, but maybe I can find ways that my my special situation or unique talents could make a difference. So I try to help. It's the best I can do. Uh, believe me, I there's no way that I can say this to sound sincere. But I'll promise you it's sincere. I spend most of every day worrying about everybody else. And that's not a joke. Now, that doesn't help you because you would rather be the one worrying about somebody else than being the one who's worried about. I get it. But uh, trust me, we're all in this together. It's just it just isn't equal. And I know it. All right. I'd just thank like to thank you. Well, thank you. For the thousands of people. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for the call. All right. I didn't know where that one was going to head. Turned down good. Let's see who we got here. Oh, all right. We got lots of volunteers. Uh, I think we need to talk to Jordan. Jordan, are you there? Hey, do you have a question? Question for you. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, I was listening to a podcast recently, and the individual that was interviewed was a venture capital um, executive, I'll say. And he mentioned, I noticed a couple of times in the podcast, he used the term leadership and persuasion synonymously. 
Um, do you agree with that? Do you find that leadership requires persuasion? I mean, I understand to, you know, supercharge it, you need it, but is, are, are the concepts synonymous? Well, no, not entirely, because leadership is persuasion plus risk management, plus managing people, plus managing shareholders, and all that stuff. But I would say that maybe the the most important of those would be the persuasion, assuming that you can make decisions. You know, if you've got somebody who can bring you good options and say, here, here are three options, here's the good one. I'm not sure if the leader needs to be an expert on those things, if, if, if there are good people making recommendations. But persuading, that's, that's the bread and butter. So I'd say that's 60% of it. That was that for an answer. Fascinating. I appreciate it. And one other quick thing. Uh, I read your book, God's Debris, over my honeymoon in Maui. And, man, it blew my mind. I, I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Where, where were you staying in Maui? Uh, it was the uh, Napili Kai. So like the northern, northwest shore. All right. Well, I've, I've been within feet of probably where you were. So there's another weirdness of the simulation. Yes, All right. Sir. Thanks for the call. Thank you. Remind me, remind me to tell you about Locals, that new social media platform that I'm on, which is terrific. It's like way better than I thought it was going to be. You know, I, I hoped it would be good, but it was like way better. I'll tell you about that later. Hello, guest. Can you hear me? Hey, do you have a question for me? Yeah, how you doing, Scott? Um, Good. I, w I was curious. So what do you think the outcome of the Watergate scandal would have been if social media would have been present during the time of that? <laughs> well... Uh, I love the question because uh, what's happening at the moment, I've never seen quite before, which is it looks as if the media, you know, let's say the mainstream media is going to create a reality that's so strong that um, their own people can't get out of it. So it's like they, they're, they're putting up almost a psychological wall around half of the public that they need to vote Democratic. And it might be so strong that there might not even be a possibility of getting any jury to convict anybody. I mean, it's entirely possible that just, you know, you, you just can't get 12 people to agree on anything in this country with something so political. So we may be at a point where the news can literally protect guilty people who are obviously guilty. Now, that wasn't the case for Watergate. And it makes me wonder if, if they could have protected Nixon. You know, let's say it had been the Republicans. Well, I don't know if the Republicans ever had. Yeah, they didn't really have a Fox News back then or a, or a Breitbart or any kind of uh, platform. So, yeah, maybe they couldn't have protected Nixon. But if it had been a Democrat, I think the answer would have been interesting. Oh, okay. All right. Thanks for the question. Is it my imagination or the quality of guests? Very high lately. Whoops. Hold on. You lost me. Hold on. Oh, you motherfucker. Hold on. There we go. Still there? All right. Let's see if we can talk to uh, Rodney. Rodney. Uh, Rodney, can you hear me? Rodney. Hello, do you have a question for me, Rodney? 
yes, I do. Um, how deep do you think this is going to go? And your and thoughts on uh, as recently, Ambassador Yovanovitch was shown to have uh, much more knowledge and dealings with Burisma than she had testified under. Like the 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 more yeah. Uh, it looks like you're we lost your uh, signal, but I'm going to answer you. I'll answer you offline. I'll take this offline. Um, I'm totally bored with all the Ukraine stuff. So the Ukraine stuff feels like it was a thousand years ago. I mean, I just I don't know if anybody would be interested in it anymore. But could there be more there? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I feel like. You could you could dig in an unlimited way. Um, so Christina, by the way, I'm waiting for them to give me a call uh, about Snickers. She's getting some pills, and we're going to take her home in a bit. Um, so that's the update. If you just joined this Periscope, that didn't make any sense to you. All right. Um, let me take another caller because... It would have been nice if I had all my notes about the many things I was going to talk about, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen. Let's see if Dixon is game. Dixon, do you have a question for me? Hey. User interface uh, to the world question with the context of dating. And right. I'm curious, uh, the kind of general or conventional wisdom around setting up online dating profiles is you try to get them to feel uh, like they could see themselves in your life, that sort of thing. So I'm wondering if you have any deep cut advice for setting up an online dating profile or just dating in general and <laughs> you, maybe not you really, having your, your uh, you, profile picture being you with a mohawk 10 years ago. <laughs> uh, you're really asking the wrong person. That, that's an entire um, skill set that I managed to uh, avoid for, variety of reasons so no i have uh, i'll give you general advice but it's not something i've ever had any experience with um i would say curiosity is a good thing to activate you'd want somebody to think oh curious but the most important thing is you want to signal your uh your genetic qualities which is anything from your looks to your accomplishments to your brains to your money to your Anything. But you have to do it in a way that it doesn't look like you're bragging. And of course, that would be the, the magic to it, wouldn't it? So if you can figure out some way that it isn't obvious you are bragging, but you could still, you know, you could still showcase that you've got some genetic qualities that just automatically uh, activate people. Uh, or if you're just good looking, it doesn't matter what you do. Awesome. So. Thank you so much. I'm getting roasted so hard in the chat right now with my hair. I hear you guys loud and clear. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe not your crowd. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. All right, thanks for the question. Hey, I I propose that nobody makes fun of anybody's haircut until the coronavirus has passed, because you're gonna see some nasty haircuts. Uh, you already are. <laughs> All right. Caller, can you hear me? Hi, do you have a question for me? Yeah, thanks hey. for taking uh, thanks for taking my call. So, um, thank you for doing the uh, user interface videos. They're absolutely fascinating. Thank you. And uh, I've been using the systems approach 
It's absolutely working. So I can confirm if you use a systems over goals, it does work. But what I, what I noticed is uh, I remember when Deepak Chopra was using the kind of quantum physics language, right? Like we control yeah. the outcome of the experience by observation. And when I was watching him, I was like, dude, this guy's full of shit. But I mean, some, some of what he says was really good, right? So it's really positive. Uh -huh. So what I noticed, though, is we adopt the language of our level of technology. And then let's say people such as yourself, and I would say like Jordan Peterson, they have this ability to use the language to help teach, I guess, people who are kind of ready. So I'm wondering, what, what do you think the next like level is like it seems the golden age if you will which is amazing is upon us but are we in for another uh zeitgeist change in terms of the language we use to describe our lives like the two movie reality just seems like that's never going away you know yeah maybe so uh you know i i don't know how many people are going to come on this journey right not everybody not everybody advances in the same way but i would think that for most of the country our eyes collectively have been opened that you can't trust any institution. You can't trust any news report and you can't even trust your own eyes. You can't trust a, a video. You can't trust an audio. You can't trust a transcript. And we've been taken by all of those things multiple times just in the last 12 months. So how many of us got the lesson? How many, how many realized that they're living in a very artificial world in which people are, you know, crafting illusions for you and you think are real. And I think that's like a huge eye opener. And the, the only way to sort of get past that, if I had to guess what the, you know, the higher level above that is, is some understanding about the odds and some understanding that nothing is certain. There's just the odds and there's things you can test, things you can't, things you can iterate, things you can't. So you can kind of crawl forward in the dark if you use the right system. But uh, maybe getting away from the idea that we understand what's going on in our world. We, we still know how to operate. We might be able to do it better, but uh, you know, probably not because we understand facts and reasons and stuff like that. So I think that's the big change coming. That's awesome. Uh, I keep thinking we're entering the golden age. I'll stop. But then people are burning down 5G towers. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, I, was, uh, I was working for the... Uh, I'll give you two stories. I was working for the a big bank in California that was Crocker Bank at the time. And they were the first in California to have ATMs. And I started working at about that time. And all the, the old people were like, hey, we're not going to let ATMs hold our money. What, okay. if, what if the robots, the robots are going to take our money? What if they keep it? I've got nobody to argue <laughs> with. It's, it's just me against the robot. How, <laughs> right. how am I going to win that? It's just me right. against the robot. And, uh, and then... So, but you know, ATMs worked out as you know. And then I was working at the phone company when we were first uh, Pacific Bell when they were first developing smartphones. You know, the technology that would be what they call them micro PCs or something, micro phones or something. Uh, and it was the technology that became smartphones. And the worry was that that frequency was damaging. And so we had our best expert in the company, you know, the, the most highly trained technical guy look into it and I don't know, he did tests and research and everything. He comes back with a report and he says, no problem. He goes, no evidence of any cancer or anything like that. And that was his official report. 
And then, uh, but he worked in my group and I was like, later, later, I was like, okay, okay. But <laughs> would you use one? <laughs> right. and, and he looks at me, looks at me and he goes, nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> now, oh, no, as far, now, as far as I know, he was right in his official report. I've never heard of anybody actually getting cancer from regular cell phones. So my guess is that the 5G is going to be just another one of those. Just another thing that people think is going to kill them. And in the end, you say, well, I guess that didn't kill us either. I suppose I suppose one of these times I'm going to be wrong, right? And 5G will kill us all or something. But not yet. Not yet. All right. Thanks all right. for the call, David. Yeah, thanks, Scott. Sorry, my big hand has to cover that. All right, we're still waiting for the veterinarian to call me. Should be any minute now. If I go away fast, that's why. It's nothing personal. Let's talk to Will. Hey, Will. Good, how are you? Do you have a question for me? So I have a question for the president, actually. I wasn't able to get my call in this morning on the video transmission. I was wondering if I could ask one now. Sure, I, I, I take pres the president's uh, phone calls, sure. Thank, thank you, sir. Um, you know, I understand that uh, there was some suspicion that some guys in the Trump campaign were up to no good. Uh, we had to look into that. Totally understand that. Went through a two-year investigation. So it uh, doesn't look like anything came up. My question to you is, are you satisfied now that the president won the election fair and square? Without any uh, influence from Russia, uh, we would have to define any. To tell me, tell me the number of votes. Okay. To tell me the number of votes that you would consider actually enough to have made a difference. <clears throat> I would define that as the. Uh, I don't know the exact number, but let's call it the the difference in the votes well, well, in no. Michigan, Florida, and Pennsylvania. Whatever well, that's, 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 but that's pretty, that's pretty specific. I mean, yeah. is, do you think in the whole nation, do you think more than 1,000 votes? Uh, I guess in those three states, let's call it 5,000 votes. Do you think Russia swayed it by 5,000 votes? Not a chance. Because uh, the only thing that we saw was, the, did you see the uh, troll ads on Facebook? If you actually, did you see the actual ads? I'm not on Facebook, so I can't speak to that. <laughs> okay. So nobody who actually saw the ads believes they had any, any effect. They're actually laughably amateurish. They, they look actually, no joke, they look like a high school project or something. They have no, uh, no persuasion technique. They are just pictures with words. They're literally worthless. And some of them are anti-Hillary and some of them are anti-Trump. It's not even, they're not even all in the same direction. So whatever that was, it certainly didn't make any difference. Basically, so, basically, I think I personally swayed probably 5,000 people, you know, just through my own work. But Russia, I, probably none. I mean, it might have actually been zero. Well, I, I appreciate that. And I'll be happy to relay to all my uh, Clinton supporting friends that <laughs> – President Obama does not think that Russia swayed the election in Trump's favor. <laughs> good. Very good. Thank hey, you. you're a great guy. Using your systems, I've lost 70 pounds in the last three years. Wow. Congratulations. Thanks, man. Love your stuff. All right. Keep it up. Bye. Well, I hear that a lot. The, the, the number of people who have lost weight using my systems idea. 
which I'll I'll do a uh, I'll do a video on that specifically coming up. Let's talk to Jennifer. Jennifer, do you have a question? Pleasure. What is your question for me? I was wondering, I'm kind of thinking past the sale of your Kamala Harris prediction coming true <laughs> and wondering wondering if you've given thought to not, ne not necessarily a specific person, but what type of person she would choose as her running mate. Just kind of her kind of have you are you going to even try to predict that and top well, you're you're assuming that she immediately takes the top position and has to fill in behind her. Yes, like if Joe, if he chooses yeah. her, he steps down. I I don't think that's the explicit plan. That might be um, the if every if everything went to heck, we we'd have to do that. My guess is they're trying to get him to limp across the 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 finish line, and then Kamala can just sort of you know take the job once they've won. They might um, think that they might think the polls are so strong that he can just hide in the basement, wait for the vote, and then Kamala is the president in in a couple of weeks. So I think that's the way it's going to go. Okay. All right. All right. Hey, can I ask another real quick one? Sure. I'm 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 writing down my affirmations, and I'm not sure what to do. Sort of after I'm done with them, I feel weird putting them in the trash. What do you do, or what do you, what would you do if you, with your written affirmations after they're done? Uh, uh, the general answer is, if you're asking about any of the details, you're, yes. you're on the you're on the wrong page. <laughs> okay. None of, none of the details matter. The only thing okay. you have to do is it's all about focus. So if yeah. you could fo if you could focus by you know banging your head on the wall or you know eating a grape, it wouldn't matter what it is. So the the writing of fifteen times a day, is, there's no magic to writing. It's just a handy way to focus. So you okay. could chant it, you could sing it, you could chant it, you could visualize it, you could draw a picture, you could make a clay sculpture. But just writing it fifteen times a day is kind of easy. And again, you could type it. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Okay. All so, right. Well, all right. thank you. I'm giving it a Good shot. Luck. So thank you. Thank you. All right. Good luck. Bye. All right. Still not hearing from the veterinarian. Any moment now, I'm going to get that call, though. And then I'll have to get off quickly. But not until I've talked to Daniel, who no doubt has a good question. Daniel, do you have a question for me? <laughs> they, they usually don't work that quickly, but yeah, no, it was great. Um, so I, I'm not sure if you uh, if you saw the Elon Musk interview with Joe Rogan, but he talked about Neuralink, um, essentially a uh, digital brain interface that will be able to connect not just us to the internet, but uh, essentially to each other's thoughts. So yeah. I was curious: Do you think? How do you think that will affect? perceptions on persuasion and also on how people perceive the world? Well, I, I think everything's up in the air in the next few years, like our entire understanding of even what a, a person is. I mean, really basic stuff like that. Like what's alive, what's sentient. I mean, we're going to get into some deep, deep stuff. So in terms of the connecting us, I don't know, we may run into a creepiness factor there where people think yeah i don't want people in my brain 
frankly, I think it's going to take a long time for people to want to get a something implanted in their skull because that's actually how you do it. So we're not quite at the cyborg age yet, a little ways away. But one of the things I was going to talk about is I tweeted today there's a some game engine company that was bragging about their new technology. And they've got a commercial that I tweeted that is the most just eye-popping thing. I mean, every time they get a new level of you know realistic-looking worlds, every time you go, wow. But now it's it's reached the level where I watched this thing and I thought to myself, oh my God, I feel like I'm seeing the future. People are going to start having relationships with these characters that have their own worlds on your television and they can just appear to you on any screen and they can take you for a walk. Say, hey, you want to come with me? We'll explore my world and I live here and it can learn about you. And it would only take a little bit of AI for you to feel like you're interacting with them. So, for example, you just teach it to ask you about your day. <laughs> How you doing? You know, let me tell you what I did today. And it wouldn't be that much worse than, you know, normal, normal conversation. So I've got this feeling that lo- lonely people are going to start having actual relationships with artificial beings on the televisions who just go to their world when the television's off and they appear to you just like it's a video call. And the thing that will get us tuned to that is literally using Zoom because we're going to get used to the fact that looking at a person on the screen is, is looking at a person, which is the whole user interface to reality. You know, the idea that we don't see base reality. We've got this you know, interpretation on top of it. Well, now we're adding another interpretation, which is that it's not the person that's the person. Eventually, it's going to feel like the image is the person. You know, not entirely. You won't forget but you could easily see see us slipping into a world or some of us in which a person on a screen who can interact with you and is always the same one and grows with you, learns about you, finds out about your day, reads your social media posts. Imagine having a, imagine having a digital agent on your, your TV. TV comes on when you walk in and the, the digital person's like, hey, how you doing? And then starts talking to you about things that you care about because you just tweeted them. So it would say to me, oh, I read your tweet today four hours ago. That was, that was a good one. You have 400 likes. People are really liking that one. You're on fire today. And you, you could so easily imagine how you could create artificial conversation that's new and fresh every day. And it's relevant just by looking at their social media. It wouldn't be that easy. So that's what's coming. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. All right. Thanks for the call. I think that was more of an answer than anybody wanted. Let's do one more, and then I probably need to get ready to take care of business. All right. Max Justice. That's your name? So you get Max Justice. Do you have a question for me? Holy mackerel. Those affirmations really work. (laughs) That's pretty crazy. Two in a row. All right. Two in a row, exactly. Um, I do have a question. Um, right. Have you heard of Dr. Vladimir Zelenko's hydroxychloroquine regimen? I have, of course. Okay, I, fi- I figured so. And um, the, the second part of that is I, I keep seeing a lot of things, and I live in Nevada, and our governor has um, banned hydroxychloroquine for outpatient use, which means you can't give it early. And I keep seeing a lot of states that are still doing this and a lot of compl- 
complaints from doctors that are doing that. And so I'm, uh, I'm wondering if there's some kind of nefarious purpose to, to, uh, to, you know, put. Oh, did that just stop? Looks like he, looks like we disconnected. Well, I think I got the question. Um, the thing is, we don't know. We know that lots of individual, um, lots of individual doctors have individual anecdotal and small trials without controls and stuff. So I, I still put it at forty percent chance that uh, hydroxychloroquine makes a big difference, uh, but a higher chance that it might make some difference. You know, there seems to be enough of an indication that it works for some people. So um, I don't know that it's any kind of grand conspiracy. But it could be. All right, you're asking for another call. And I know that's because you're all doing affirmations and you want to see if you can be the one. But you are not smart enough to put Clorox in your profile. Like Cal did. Well, Cal went away. Got cold feet as soon as I connected him. It's okay. You'll be okay. All right, Dylan. Don't disappoint us, Dylan. Dylan, do you have a question for me? Hi. Just, uh, you know, worried about Snickers and wanted to make sure that, you know, everything's going all right. We just got a new puppy here and we're real concerned. We love when Snickers pops up and get to see your other cats too. Well, I think she'll be okay. I was just waiting for the call. Thank uh, you, Scott. Have a great yeah. rest of your evening. All right. Take care. Well, that was nice. I can take another call because that was short. And Alex will get the tap because he's got a cat in his profile. It's only because I'm in the veterinarian's parking lot. Hello, Alex. Alex? Hi, do you have a question for me? Hi. Yeah, well, I mean, my question is more of a uh, cultural question. What are you watching? Like what movies, shows. Uh, you mean like TV shows? Yeah. You know, it's funny that you should ask because the answer is basically nothing. I've lost interest in all sort of scripted TV, movies, and it's a function of um, attention span. Well, you spike my interest in that. I'll tell you. You spike my interest in what we do in the shadows. <laughs> that is oh, well, freaking hilarious. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I need to catch up with that. Since, since the day that I recommended it, I haven't watched one more episode because I kept Oh, my to God. Yeah. <laughs> you have to watch that. Season two, episode five, I think it's up to. I, I, I hear it's tremendous. Okay. I'm, I'm gonna actually going to watch that one. So I please did... watch The Joker. We, we, want, we, want you, we want to know what you think about The Joker. The Joker? Uh, so... it's, it's only two hours. It's a two-hour movie. I know you don't have an attention span. Yeah. Uh, believe it's it or great. not. Believe it or not, it's the only movie I do have on my tentative schedule it's because Christina wanted to watch it with me for the same reason, sort of the, the cultural revel, relevance. Neither of us watch movies typically. So well, I bet that. your audience would love to hear your feedback. Uh, well, uh, I don't know why, because I haven't seen it, but um, I ke- I've heard that before, so I'll watch it. Well, so it's like a left versus right. Oh, not even really that. It's It's got, it's got a lot of... Uh, uh, yeah, a lot of political messages in, in some in some ways, I guess. But uh, it's just it's it's almost a cultural war type thing. But it's a bit of fun. Definitely recommend yeah. it. All right, I'll watch it. Thanks for yeah, the call. Man. Bye. 
All right, I'm gonna. I'm pretty sure they're getting ready to call me, so I'm gonna wrap it up here. Uh, thanks for putting up with this. The low quality, two tries to get audio. I, I do appreciate all of your your uh, your efforts. Oh, let me just get a little a little thing on locals. So uh, locals is uh, Dave Rubin's platform, and what's special about it is that creators, such as myself, can have little homes there. And then people can subscribe and they get extra stuff. But uh, first of all, it's really good for the creator because we can edit our posts. So unlike Twitter, if I send out a, a bad one, I can't do anything. But now I can like add a picture. And I can do all kinds of stuff. But uh, um, and I, I can actually post some things there that literally I wouldn't post on Twitter because Twitter is just all trolls. But when I post on uh, on locals, uh, it's only people who wanted to be there. So my experience is only good. It's the weirdest thing. I've never had a social media experience that was only good. I'm looking through the comments and I'm waiting for the trolls. And then I realize, oh yeah, people had to choose to be here. <laughs> there are no trolls. So it's just like this wonderful place where everybody's just happy. All right. So I'll tell you more about it another time. That's all for now. And see you in the morning.